Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I'm looking forward to sharing this moment with you. I am delighted and thrilled that my friend and business strategist, Yvonne Tevno, and I are connecting Toronto and Vancouver to discuss change management and mentorship within an evolving business world that spans the globe. Yvonne is a certified change expert and business transformation specialist who employs a client-focused and people-centric approach to strategic change. As an executive mentor and thought partner, she creates a space that invites a rich and fulfilling dialogue. She is a passionate change agent whose work creates more confident and capable employees. Her goal is to foster a creative and innovative spirit, vital to thrive within a dynamic environment. I invite you to put the kettle on and add to this exciting discussion on tea, toast, and trivia. Welcome, Yvonne. I have been looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, Rebecca. It's great to be here. We have known each other virtually for many years. And here we are, 10 years later, we've actually seen each other on Zoom for the first time. It's really quite exciting. It is. And it's funny how you can start getting to know someone just through their notes, through their writing, and then start to know the rest of that person over time as you see inside the thinking and the creativity and the heart that comes in their writing. And so I think that's kind of how we've connected is that mutual admiration society. Well, you are a storyteller first and foremost, and I think that that is what comes through in your mentorship and your writing. I never miss your post on LinkedIn. It's always fulfilling and full of joy and possibilities that come through. So thank you so much for joining us because I'm going to ask you all sorts of questions about mentorship. Excellent. I am looking forward to our conversation. Yvonne, we are being asked to change at an accelerated pace, not only in business, but within our personal lives. What is the best way to navigate this reality? So navigating the pace of change these days requires first an acknowledgement that things are happening that we can't keep up with and learning that we have the right to choose. I think that the pandemic period has helped people understand some of their own pace, their own choices that has impacted their ability to consume, to digest, to internalize what has been part of their lives And now as we're starting to head back out into the great wild yonder, to also choose and to be very conscious of the choices as we re-engage. So what do I mean by that? The pace of change is a function of a number of things. The society around us, our micro societies, so the family, friends that we keep, and then other aspects that we ourselves choose to engage in. Not so long ago, I wrote one of my LinkedIn posts and someone added the comment, 
we should just have a social media free week. And I didn't respond, but it thought to me, you can have a social media free week any old time your heart desires. Just shut the thing off. And so being very aware of the choices we make that leads to the pace of our lives and the spin that it can create for the people around us is really an important part of fitting into our definition of the best society we could be part of. The idea of choice, that means that we're responsible. If we choose, we are responsible, aren't we? I know that sometimes it sounds trite, choose to do something, choose not to do something. And I don't for a second believe that choice doesn't have impacts. Some are intended, some are not. And so in that journey, being able to be conscious of those choices, be aware that you're choosing to attend a function, not attend a function, choosing to call someone, not call someone, choosing to read the book or scan the social media. Those are choices. Sometimes it has consequences that we're looking for. Oh, I'm present. I got energized by that. It was inspiring. And sometimes there are choices that lead to unintended consequences. I chose to stay home, so I missed the chance to meet the CEO firsthand. I chose to post a provocative comment, and therefore I might be now perceived as a troublemaker. I'm not saying that the choices are easy, but owning our choices and being comfortable with that, the good ones and the bad ones, is absolutely part of that journey. Well, we know that we should cultivate a work-life balance. But over the years, or over the past decade, we have experienced the blurring of lines between home and work, especially these last months. We want to be there for family and for our careers. Is there a way to find balance? I know that is sort of a simple question to ask. The complexity that comes out of that question, how have you found balance? with work and life? I believe that balance is a bit of a myth. Many of the times that we are the least balanced, we are the most engaged in life, whether that's our personal life or our professional life. When we're tested and stretched to the max, we start to understand the reach and the breadth of our capability. Whether it's when you have a new baby and that's all you can think about and you're never sleeping and you're exhausted, that's not balance. And yet, for many people, that is one of the most joyous periods in their life. Being assigned a major assignment at work on top of maybe your day job and having to squeeze in some of the learning to support that new project and meeting new people and finding time to keep up with email and the regular things in between the richer and broader experience can lead to working a whole lot of hours that do not signal balance. And yet, out of those experiences come some of the richest and most meaningful times in our lives. So balance means different things for different people, means different things for ourselves at different points in our life, and is not always the desired end state. I think the test or the the way that I personally think about it is as simple as am I okay today for today and some days that means 
have two more hours and I'm just going to grind through this, even though it's already 2 a.m. I'm in a zone. I'm going to complete it. And I'm feeling really good about doing that. Being okay with how we approach that based on the situation and the point in time is really, I think, what brings a powerful balance. It's also critical that we refrain from attributing our sense of balance to others. I noticed the other day that even my outlook is starting to nag me about its perception of my work-life balance because it says, are you sure you really want to send this email? Because the people you're sending it to, this is outside their normal work hours. So what fascinates me is that's a relatively new feature, obviously some version of artificial intelligence. And yet it implies this idea that asynchronous communication somehow needs to be responded to in the moment. I have found that a very interesting aspect of tool capabilities because at a time when the meaning of balance is changing more than it ever has before, and then to find something so regimented coming back and offering a suggested alternative to meet pressing send, I find a contradiction. Having said this and seeking balance, what is the role of a mentor? Many people picture a mentor as someone who has the capability that a junior, a less experienced person is seeking, not unlike a tradesman. There's a master tradesman and teaching a junior tradesman the skill. I think of a mentor very differently. I think of a mentor as someone who helps me think my own thoughts out loud based on the questions that they ask. So there is a knowledge and experience base in the questions that are asked. But it is truly an ability to deliver a guided self-discovery experience that is framed in the, the goals, the preferences, the biases, the desires of the person who is being mentored. Often mentoring and coaching are used interchangeably. Again, I see them as quite different. There's a number of articles as well that talk about the difference. The way that I describe that or think about it in my own layman's terms is the context of a coach has a very specific outcome that they're aligning the team towards that they're aligning the individual towards. There is no doubt that the coach of a sports team is coaching those folks to win. When you're thinking about mentoring, in some cases, based on that individual, this may not be the time for them to push their hardest. This may not be the time based on all of the goals and what they're seeking in life that they want to deliver in perfect alignment to the team or the corporate or these sense of success that comes from society. And so the role of a mentor is to be so clear and so supportive of what that mentee is targeting and needs in the balance of their lives, that it's part of that holistic conversation that can help them be their best self, whatever it means at that point in time. 
That is an excellent discussion about the differences between coaches and mentors. You actually think of mentors as thought partners. That is something new that I haven't come across before. What is a thought partner? Great question. What is a thought partner? A thought partner is someone who can hear what you're saying and interpret the thoughts that have potentially led you to that statement. We're trained from a very young age, don't say what you think in many cases. And especially the stronger the emotion, the anxiety, the fear, the joy, the excitement, the stronger the emotion is, the more it seems that we are guided to buffer it in to the extent that people have a tough time actually expressing that over time. That's partly linked to the explosion of mental health issues and everything else that's happening in society. So being able as a mentor to be able to ask people questions, help them link their thoughts to their assumptions, their biases, the emotions that they're feeling at the time, and understand those linkages and therefore the outcomes, the impact and the intent of what they're trying to solve is really how a mentor helps bring that out in their mentees. So you do believe that having a mentor is critical and crucial to a person's continued growth and development? I think having a mentor these days especially is even more important than it perhaps has been in more recent years. The rise of leadership and coaching and management development has, I think, supported a lot of people in their work environments. And so they do have coaches and leaders that feel this desire to help them succeed, that feel a vested interest in their success. As we enter a time period, though, of lots of change, the great resignation, people leaving organizations, organizations redefining their org structures and how they work, those connections to people that they knew, people they trusted, maybe that has built their career over a number of years, is waning and becoming thinner. There's also this move to trying new things, it's like radically new things, shifting from one type of a role or function into a completely different one, because people are seeing well, through this very uncertain period, they let me take a try at that. And I kind of liked it. And so I'm going to pursue that. Sometimes the people who have the direct reporting relationship have more vested interest in that person staying in the role than going on and being everything they want and choose to be. So a mentor can help a person by being a little bit outside that inner circle helping them think through what are the benefits of leaving the organization you're with, leaving the business unit you're with, even leaving the coach and sponsor that you're with, and what is the drawback? And helping people think through their whole linkage between that emotional and that cognitive component, and then make a decision that at the end of it, they can feel really, really good about because they know they've thought it through. They know that they've considered impact to balance, as we spoke about earlier. 
and that they've considered that perhaps it isn't the original path that they were looking at, but it might be the right path for them at that point in time. How do we choose someone like you to be our mentor? How do we choose a mentor? So the first three words that came to mind were fit, function, and familiarity. And I don't know if those are the right three words, but let me think through those. So first of all, fit. When you meet someone, when you select a mentor, when a mentor selects you, there's often an aspect of connectivity. There's something about that person that resonates and you instantly trust them and they trust you and you can just feel the cusp of a fantastic conversation being formed. Fit is often an entry point that fit doesn't have to be. Because a mentor and their role is one of guided self-discovery, when I find a mentee, I actually don't necessarily need to know the aspects of their industry, the aspects of their profession, the aspects even of their social entertainment components. But what I do need to be able to do is to listen, to appreciate, and then to be able to frame that in context of the goals and objectives that individual has. So fit, I think, is key. Function. When I think about function, I think about time and place when a mentor appears. Sort of the standing expression, when the student is ready, the master appears. I'm not sure if it always works that way, but in context of function, what is it that that mentor is helping that mentee with at that point in time? And at some points in time, often I would say the most frequent is I'm looking for a new job. I'm expecting my department to be reorganized. I'm expecting a major change. Therefore, I want someone to help in an unbiased way, help me think through what it is that I really want. There's an aspect of function associated with situation. It's not necessarily career change, but there's somebody at work that's making me crazy. And I don't know why, but it's impeding my ability to be successful at work. And so a mentor can help, again, guide through that type of a function. So what is getting inside the craw? What is it that's breaking down that potential for a relationship? So the function there is one of business as usual, if you want to call it that, but helping a person be more effective at the situation at that moment in time key aspect of function would be accelerated learning. Sometimes, whether it's this concept of balance and I'm learning about how I'm balancing my work with a new partner in my life, key aspects of function are things like major change, things like small annoyances, and aspects like significant learning and accelerated development. All of those can end up being key times for a mentor's engagement in terms of what the mentee is seeking and what they're trying to achieve at that stage. And the third aspect was familiarity. 
sometimes it's just a function of the person who's in the next room that goes for coffee at the same time as you every day. They're genuine and they're interested and they listen. And there is truly no specific aspect of that relationship that would lead you to think this person's going to be my mentor. Other than the fact that when they ask, how's your day going? They're really listening to the answer. When they're asking, oh, why do you think that happened? They really are listening for the answer. And when they're asking, how do you feel about that? They really, really want to know. And they have zero vested interest in whether you're delighted or whether you're aggravated or whether you're annoyed. What it is that they're listening to is your heart and your soul and your mind all blended into one and playing that back to you. Well, I can understand why you'd feel that way. Can you recall another time when you maybe felt that way as well? And what did you do at that time? Just genuine person-to-person conversation and an ability to listen and play it back in a way that helps you think, learn, grow. It seems that the point of transitions is the highest level of need for a mentor. The time where you know that you've come to a point that you have to make that decision or you're going to be changing, or you're going to have to accept the accelerated pace, or you're going to have to think about even when you leave, how do you leave? I understand that mentorship is a two-way connection. What is the responsibility of the person being mentored? I like that comment on the timing of transitions. So while most people think about their mentor at time of transitions, it's actually a little bit like a muscle or going to the gym. People have a heart attack. Oh, you know, I really need to get to the gym. I'm going to hire a trainer. Then they establish stability in their health. And then they let the trainer go. And then they rinse and repeat the cycle. So the need for a mentor can be as important, sometimes more important, when you're in a state of stability as when you're in a state of change. The fact is, when you're in a state of stability, you're not as emotionally taxed. Your brain is not shutting down the way it does in times of stress. And you have the ability to be open and explore the thinking and the ideas in a way that when your need is greatest, your time is most urgent, you may or may not be able to do. A mentor has as much role in times of stability as they do in times of transition. We just happen to think of them more when the perceived need is greater. There is a second part to your question, Rebecca. Yes, the question is, so the mentor do all the work or... Is there any responsibility that is given to the mentee? The mentee is called to action based on their own goals and their own objectives. So what you put in is what you get out. Sometimes a mentor will have to be patient with a mentee 
as they go through a process of their stated goals and objectives, and then the goals and objectives that manifest through their behavior. I really want to tackle that MBA. Okay, great. How have you started exploring some of the different organizations out there? Oh, I haven't. Okay. Uh, Is that something that you see as a reasonable first step? Sure. Okay. Do you need some names or do you want to contact people? Yeah, sure. Okay. Who did you contact last week? No one. Help me understand how important this really is to you, given that you haven't taken these steps. The balance of the mentor encouraging, drawing out, creating action through their questions is their role. But at the end of the day, it's the mentee that does the real work. Without taking the steps, without putting into action, action can even mean reflection. So it doesn't maybe look like action to the outside world, but that person can be grinding on those thoughts for an entire week, an entire month, several months sometimes. It is the commitment to create the space, the mental space, the emotional space to explore those topics or those points that actually are holding them back or can accelerate them forward to their life goals. Yvonne, let's talk about the way in which to deliver feedback. I love what you wrote in a recent LinkedIn post. Delivery of feedback is a tricky thing in building trust. The selection of words, the tone, the receiver's state of mind. And yet, when delivered genuinely, with heartfelt intent and space to be safe, there can be so much room for imprecision. And intent truly can and does shine through. Can you elaborate on that thought? Genuine feedback, authentic feedback is actually quite rare. People's ability to deliver it in behavioral terms with associated impact statements is also very rare. Many people go through courses, how to give and receive feedback. It can be a learned skill and talent. The biggest connection to great feedback, though, I believe starts with the heart. Genuine interest in the growth and well-being of the individual that you are providing that feedback to. I've been privileged in that sometimes I've had the opportunity to go back sometimes in the moment, sometimes years later, and say, you know, I get that that wasn't great, the way I presented that. But I really saw this opportunity, this talent, this shine that you had, that for whatever reason was being held back or diminished. And so my genuine belief was that by being able to share with you what could help you leap forward or burst through was important for you to hear, for you to gain that perspective and to have the opportunity to choose. Do I want to make a difference in what I'm doing, how I'm approaching it, or am I comfortable 
that that might be the impact relevant to whatever aspect of behavior it is that I might have been referencing. Yvonne, you and I have a shared passion and commitment to our communities. Because in the end, that is what we will remember. We won't remember the accolades or the awards. What we will remember is the friendships, the connections, coming together as a community. And you have encouraged me and inspired me for over 10 years. And I value and cherish our friendship. And in that spirit, I am going to ask, will you come back and share more insights on tea, toast, and trivia? Absolutely. I'm happy to have a great conversation with you anytime. It's been a lot of fun. I would say, Rebecca, I hope you have recognized and embraced the beautiful mentoring that you do through your tea, toast, and trivia conversations. The questions that you ask and the way that you help your audience frame and internalize what they have to share with the world is really the grounding of what makes a mentor a beautiful relationship and a beautiful space to be. As contributors to society, to the well-being of the others that we interact with, being able to ask those questions with genuine interest, genuine intent, and an open heart, and truly listen for the answers, listen without bias, by parking our own thoughts and beliefs, and really being in the moment of the mentee is a gift that we can share, that we can receive, and that in my belief helps society be a better place and a place that I want to be. It has been an absolute joy for me this morning to connect with you, and I know that listeners will resonate with the thoughts that you have put forward. Thank you for joining Yvonne and me on Tea, Toast, and Trivia. And a very special thank you, Yvonne, for sharing your thoughts on mentorship, change management, and work-life balance, friendships, and connections. You have inspired me, and I know that you have inspired others to participate confidently, with compassion, within a world that needs creativity and innovative thinking. Listeners, I invite you to meet up with Yvonne on her LinkedIn profile. It is a place that welcomes profound conversations. Until next time, dear friends, keep safe and be well.